Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. To me, this is so valuable. I even look at it in terms of my company's investment in, in coaching. And, and we've had a lot of tough conversations internally. Can we or can we not afford it? I don't think it should be an option. To me, everyone, every leader needs a coach to help guide them to become the best leader that they can be. Today's episode is from our show, Your Finest Hour, where we interview one of our coaches from Novus Global and one of their high-performing clients on how to make the most of the coaching experience. On Your Finest Hour today, I, Amanda Jaggard, interview Novus Global coach, John Roberts, and his client, Kara Grasso. When Kara began coaching through her company, she was already a high-performing star employee. In this interview, she discusses how her partnership with John helped her to accomplish more in her role and leadership than she ever imagined was possible. Kara and John both share valuable pro tips of how to maximize the coaching space as a client with powerful intention, courage, and commitment in order to create absolutely extraordinary results. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our latest episode of Your Finest Hour. And I have the privilege of being your host today. My name is Amanda Jaggard. And we have with us Coach John Roberts, who is a partner in our firm here at Novus Global. And we have one of his clients, Kara Grasso, with us today. Kara, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Uh, so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Um, we were on before. It's like, you are legendary. You and John, your partnership, like, I don't even know, like so many stories that I've heard of how amazing you are oh and the rock star that you are. Like it's the, the, the whole, the whole company knows how wonderful you are. Oh my gosh. Are. That is the best compliment. I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't realize all of this talk was happening behind my back, but it's good. It's all good stuff. <laughs> Sometimes I talk about you behind your behind your back. Okay, Apologies. well that's okay. I appreciate it. All the bragging. Um, so it's an honor for me to meet you uh, here today. So to get us uh, kicked off and started, I would love to hear how did how did you come into the the coaching here with with Novus Global and with John. Um, so I've always been a proponent of anything growth opportunity. Um, throughout my career. So anytime I had an opportunity to dive into something new, um, I would take advantage of it. And I had a mentor at Denso who the Novus family knows well, Bill Foy. Um, and Bill started a meta performing team and invited all of his engineering leaders and then invited me from the sales side. So I was like the only person within the commercial side of the business yeah. that was uh, worthy of his team. And it was such an honor I knew if Bill was leading it, that it was something I wanted to be a part of. Yeah. And so the more I kind of joined this meta performing group, I, I got more curious about the Novus um, process. And then Bill added me to um, a coaching contract that he was setting up for his division. So I was super lucky, really. I mean, my division wasn't even close to looking at coaching opportunities. And so then um, you were paired up with John. I was paired up with John and two engineering leaders. 
So the three of us coached I, together and I had to share John for like the first was, section. It, it was, the origin story, Kara, is pretty funny because I do remember that. I remember it was group coaching. Yes. It was a motley crew. Mm-hmm. We had we had three completely different personality types coming from yeah. com- three completely different places. And I do specifically remember, hey, Kara is the one outlier here. She, We, we don't know if this mm-hmm. is for her. We're, this is we're trying this out. We're testing this out. That I yeah. remember somebody said that, and mm-hmm. uh, I just from the beginning I loved Kara's energy. Um, I, I could I could go on more and more about that later, but just her openness when she stepped into the coaching space. Um, yeah, and I guess I'll add that when we first started, I thought John was super tough in terms of like his approach. And yeah, that- what do you mean by tough? Well, I was used to coaching that was um, really soft and, you know, tears and um, emotional and all this kind of stuff. And, and, you know, John came in with this integrity commitment process and, and, you know, making sure that you were integral to the commitments you made in the previous session. And I thought, um, you know, most things in our company, you could kind of skirt around if you were a high performer. And with John, I felt like, oh, my gosh, I have to. I have to always be thinking about the commitment I made to him in this last session. Yeah. And that methodology, I could tell I had a different feeling about my commitments to John than my two partners. They almost got like upset with John that he was holding them to some commitment. They, they almost got upset with me or <laughs> I think they got upset. Like, with I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I think we were together for six months and, and, Man, if we had those, if we had those sessions recorded, coming yeah. to those sessions and as a coach, just really remembering what I was committed to, to, to these, to these three amazing humans and just invite it. Kara, Kara, wasn't that it? It was just like, Hey guys, I'm not going to force you to do anything. This is what you've said. Yep. Now, who do you <laughs> want to show up as? And it was really interesting to see the, the differences between, um, the three coaching clients at that point. And that's where I got a little bit frustrated in the process because I thought, you know, if these guys aren't taking it seriously, I want the full 45 minutes. I don't want to share, um, you know, have 15 minutes each. And then I, it kind of got to the point where I felt like John and I were taking more of the time because the other two hadn't met their commitments and there wasn't much to talk about. Yeah. And it's interesting because some of the other podcasts, when we bring coaches on with their clients, they are clients who have uh, intentionally hired the coach on their mm. own, making their own investment. And one of the things that we do here at Novus Global are these corporate contracts where people, um, their leaders basically sign yes. them up for coaching. And right. And it is something that they, that they step into sometimes, whether they want to or not. And it is interesting to see then who begins to to leverage that. Um, what do you think it was about you and that that coaching space? Like, what was going on for you that made that time so so valuable, or even like your desire to make it valuable? I, I know I'm a naturally introspective person, and I um, I do appreciate good constructive feedback. Yeah. Most everything that John and I have worked through, as he says it to me, it's like, oh, you're so right. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize I was doing that that way or, or um, that that type of leadership behavior had this effect um, on my growth. So yeah. to me, anything that he pointed out that I could work on, 
I could see the differences week by week as I went and practiced those things that we committed to and talked about. So I don't know. I I feel that a coaching contract that is um, made by a manager without the full support of the person that's being coached is a little bit dangerous because it's a huge investment and the person has to be open to that investment, open to the growth opportunity um, that you're providing. And I, I think I think I think that point is brilliant, and I think it's beautiful. Um, and I don't mind leaders or managers inviting their team into it, but I think the conversation has to be, "Hey, guys, this is an opportunity. It's an invitation." And Carrie, in that group coaching, we really saw who wanted it, and, yeah. and no judgment. Like yeah. I really, I truly say that with my clients. I say, "We don't have to do this." Uh, there's payoffs and costs to any decisions we make. Um, but from the start, I think Kara stuck out to me as a coaching client. Like you just, something special was there. I think it was her energy. Uh, probably my favorite types of clients are the ones that within the first, I'd say within the first few sessions, I'm like, this person is going, they're, they're going places. They're going to do things yeah. I, we, we don't need to focus on that. It almost l- allows me to expand what's possible to say this care is going to get results. Care was going to get results with or without me Yeah. watching her and seeing that allowed me to say, okay, what's the bigger game here? Um, which care really, I was thrilled when I don't know when I got the email that said, Hey, we're going to go another round of coaching care and you are going to work together one-on-one. Oh yeah. That was probably like the launch pad. The first, Agreed. the first was like filling the rocket. And then I think that's where we really went for it. Yeah, I agree. I remember when we were in the um, group coaching, you asked us to establish and stretch targets and I established five and I've recently gone back into Asana and looked at those five. And I was, it was almost laughable that I thought I was going to achieve those five things because to me they were so big. Yes. And then when we moved from group coaching to individual coaching, it was like three months into it where I thought, well, now I need to make some new coaching contracts because all five of these are done and they were done well and I can put them into my archive. And now what? Let's let's see something bigger happen. We say the word Asana a lot. It's a project management tool that anyone can use. For Kara, it's been really special. It, mm-hmm. it, it's basically housed three years of our coaching relationship. And she, yeah. more than anyone, I would say, has used it um, to help her go where she wants to go. And she even calls it her journal or her archives yeah. of her growth. And it has been really special. I, both her and I will often go in and, and re, where, where did we start? Where have we come? It really is. It's, it's a great... It's, like, yeah, it's uh, a great diary of, of almost yeah. years. Because one of the things that we we talk about around here is training training clients and how to use a coach and how to to use them, how to maximize that time. And what I'm hearing is that there are things, there's like pro tips that you have that you've done and how to leverage the coaching. So yeah. I'm even curious, like what did just to like like what did your preparation for the coaching sessions look like? So I think the first part of the answer is you have to have a really purposeful drive to to want to do it because there's so much time and energy, right? But, and John, you, you would say to me sometimes, if you don't have time for session, no problem. We can move to the next one. It always occurred to me that this was, um, it was something I had to do. It wasn't something that was an option. And so every session I went into, I made I made it a point that this was mandatory. 
I needed to prepare for mm-hmm. it. And I needed to make sure that that time that I spent with John was worthwhile. Yeah. And, and because I was committed in that way, in my mind, I felt like even the sessions that I went into not really wanting to be there by yeah. the end of it, I had another aha moment of something that he helps me through. So like a workout it, session when you go to the I, gym I mean, and you don't want to go and then you feel really good. And, <laughs> and then you feel and really just good. A, and just a pro tip for any coaching client out there, any coach really, when the client has energy or they mm-hmm. say they don't want to be there or they haven't done their prep work, my I, I get excited because I'm like generally, and, and Kara, I'm curious what you would say. Generally, it means there's something big. Yeah. There's something, there's something potentially big that we could talk about. Right. Generally, it, it signaled to me that there might be avoidance somewhere. And I think, Kara, that's why generally by the end of those conversations, it's probably a repeated line you used a lot. You would say, man, I really didn't, I really didn't know what I was going to get from today. Yes. And some of those were probably your most powerful commitments. Completely agree. I, I mean, some of them are really vivid to me. And I went in thinking, okay, we're going to talk for five minutes. We have nothing else to talk about. And then <laughs> I come out of it thinking, oh my gosh, we just solved world peace through that session. <laughs> how did how did that happen? So John's right that I love my asana. I mean, I literally call it my asana. It's a it's a diary of everywhere I've been and never thought I could get to. Yeah. Um, so we have it very organized in a way that um, it's, it's a great um, kind of memoir of my growth. And um, mm-hmm. so I, before each session, I would mm-hmm. schedule time in my calendar. So if the day was packed prior to our session, I would do it the day before. But I would yeah. always answer the five questions. Yes. Um, and I wouldn't overthink anything. Could you, do you know what those, if you could, because um, I'm not sure uh, a lot of people might know what our five questions are. Do you, um, do you have them? Do you I don't, know them? I don't know them off the top of my head, but it's very easy for me to actually access them. But the, the gist was, you know, what are my frustrations? Mm-hmm. What's happening? Um, that, uh, here I'll, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll just tell you cause I have them all documented. Um, okay. So what's my current sprint vision that I'm working mm-hmm. towards? What are the gaps towards that sprint vision? What am I frustrated with, avoiding or complaining about? I always had something to say in that one. <laughs> what is one nuclear action that I could take this week to achieve my sprint goal? And then this one was probably the most difficult for me, number five, is what question could I ask or action could you take that would bring an ROI to your company's coaching investment? Um, that one yeah. was was tough for me because I always wanted to make it a very worthwhile, and as John mentioned, Sometimes I would come into the session like I don't, we don't I don't really have anything to talk about. And yes, th- and that's that number five is really interesting. We we strategically and specifically put that there to remind every single client whether their their company is paying for their coaching or whether they are paying for their coaching. We put it there to remind everyone that we're at stake. We're at stake. This isn't just a fun conversation, even though often it is. This isn't just an exciting growth conversation. It's that sacrifices are being made, time, money, energy. And what's really interesting to me that Kara has trouble with that, I would always, whenever I thought about Kara, I'd say, hey, Kara, what were the results you said you wanted to get from coaching? Well, John, there are these six things. Well, great, Kara. Are we achieving them? Yeah, we are, John. Great, Kara. How much is that worth to your company? Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, Sean, millions of dollars. Okay, yeah. Kara, let's do the ROI on that. And and the yeah. question almost answers itself, yeah. um, which it's, it's really interesting, the relationship with that last one. 
if I might say, Kara, you, you triggered a memory for me when you said, when we're talking about your Asana, there was one little note or box very early on, Amanda, that, that, that Kara and I made, mm-hmm. and it was the Kara three-year plan. Mm-hmm. You remember that, Kara, the three-year yeah, plan? Absolutely. What, tell me, tell yep. me more. Tell me what the three-year plan from your perspective is, because I have I have really fond memories of that. Yeah. So I, I knew that I had so much value to bring to the organization, and I knew that I really wanted to shift my trajectory in a in a way that was really fulfilling to me. So John and I worked first on my vision, and that was to be a world class leader and mom. And yes. living the most fulfilling life. Yes. And I have, I then associated that vision with how would I get there in a three-year time period. Yeah. Um, but what was really cool looking back on it is the three-year plan that John and I sketched out almost came true to a T. Like it is absolutely on point huh. what we worked through and what we achieved and where we are today. It was really amazing. Yeah. How did you gain that type of clarity? Because I know I'm, I work with clients and that sometimes it's really hard for people to get that clear and specific. How how did you get that clarity? So the the work of e- within each session built upon each other to help me to recognize how misaligned my yeah. role and, and my current work within the organization was to yeah. that vision. Uh, really, I truly have a, a, a misalignment to where, what I want to be and where I'm headed and where the company is headed. And I knew that I needed a lot of work to kind of work through that misalignment so mm-hmm. that I could make decisions for my future. Did you know that that misalignment was there before you started coaching? Um, I think so, but probably not as clearly as I do today. John's great, a master at inviting us to notice misalignment. If I can say oh, yeah. that there's one thing, he's fantastic at. He's 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 a master at that one. Yeah. I'm I'm passionate. One of, alignment <laughs> is one of my favorite words. I I think the world would be such an amazing place if we had aligned humans who know who they who knew who they were, knew who they wanted to be. They could speak that to those around them without fear of rejection, without fear of what was going to happen. And then as teams, we could choose. Like Kara, and, and this will probably come up throughout, one of my favorite attributes of watching her growth was her courage. Mm. Over a three-year period, I will celebrate you for the rest of your life, Kara, for your willingness to have courageous conversations that no one else might have. John, and, what did that, yeah, what did that yeah. courage look like? It looked like at the smallest, at the smallest during a coaching session, it looked like her having courage to notice maybe how she was feeling mm-hmm. or maybe what she was frustrated by and speaking it out and then pausing, not blaming, just going, hey, this is this. And then the courage went to the next level when she chose to start sharing that with somebody. Hey, Kara, mm-hmm. who, who might you commit to having this, this feedback conversation with or who might you be? committed to sharing your future vision. Well, John, what if it doesn't fit theirs? What if they don't like it? And such, such small commitments, right? Kara, just, you know, conversation here, conversation there. Go ahead. But I think that this is the power of coaching. Uh, You know, I could have had those types of conversations with my direct line manager anytime or my peers, but having made those commitments to John that I am going to this week, talk to the North American CEO about this misalignment and very specific and 
logging it into my Asana and putting a date. And then when we hung up from that coaching session, that, that, that was like lingering within me until I actually did it. You did it. And then even by, you know, logging on in this kind of new virtual world with my NACEO and having a super tough, courageous conversation with him afterwards, I felt so good, even if it made no impact. It was the fact that I was letting him know what I saw as a leader in his company, the misalignment of our culture to what we were working to achieve. Yeah. What I love about what she said there is even if it didn't happen or even if it didn't work, when leaders, and when I say leaders, when any human takes that committed action, the world is never the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have no idea what the outcome is going to be, but the world is never the same. We've changed something. And uh, you can feel that. We felt that energy, Kara. We, yeah. It didn't matter what the outcome was. It was like, well, we're yeah. not going back now. We're, yeah. we're in. Where do we go next? Yeah. And I think that's kind of the reward of all of this, right? I know I've, I've said my piece. I've, I've worked to change the organization in a positive way. I, many times I channel John and try to coach my team the same way he coaches me. Yes. Um, <laughs> certainly a much lower level. But, um, but yeah, it's, it gets contagious contagious. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, uh, just to touch on the Kara three-year plan, when I first met her, I would say her eyes were down. She was looking at, and she was looking at big problems. She was mm-hmm. looking at systematic problems. She was looking at impossible problems in the company, which the easiest thing when you have a, an, a rock star client like Kara who gets results is to join the team. Okay, Kara, let's go solve these problems. And I think the three-year plan uh, I, I was really proud of my courage to even even go there because mm-hmm. it's, it's hard for a lot of people. You were saying it, Amanda. It's it's not easy and to to come mm-hmm. up with that. No, but it brought Kara's eyes up to mm-hmm. what might be possible. Expanded the coaching space for sure. Yeah, uh, it added Kara. I would say it added oxygen to your current problems. It mm-hmm. was like I think the minute the minute that we created the impossible three year plan, the current yeah. situation, you're like, oh, John, I got this. Let's. Yeah. Let's go after greater challenges. And it really added a life. It added a life to, 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 to what you were doing, I would say. It became doable, right? Every, after, after visualizing it in that way, it became um, something that I, I was really confident to work towards. And then the other thing that I think really connected to that three-year plan was we, we created a little sprint called Management Gaps. And these were things that John would point out in our sessions that of course, in the back of my head, I know I'm doing them, but to say it out loud, you know, would either be embarrassing or feeling like I'm not the leader that I think I am. Yes. But he would point these things out and that's where I would have to be like, oh, yes, you're so right. I am doing that. I need to work on this. But then actually logging it in, visualizing that's a gap I have. I need to work through closing that management gap in order to achieve this bigger vision. You know, it kind of all worked in harmony. Yeah. And then... I I make up and knowing that then you made specific commitments yeah. to close that gap. Like once it's right. once it yeah. Um, what what was cha- challenging for you in the coaching partnership? Uh, you know, I don't know. I have some weird thing where I don't want to disappoint John. <laughs> it's really it's really a strange thing. I don't want to disappoint him. And so, and because of that feeling, I was able to literally work to achieve things I never thought were possible. 
Yeah. I, I really wanted to stay true to the integrity that I said I had. And so it was tough because, you know, sometimes I would have to come into a session um, after, you know, getting beat up in the boardroom and, um, you know, I'd feel like a failure. And then he would say something to me like, how awesome is it that you get to get direct feedback from the CEO? You're so right. And and yet I was like emotional and upset about getting beat up in the boardroom. And then his perspective swings me the opposite, complete opposite way. And I realized, oh my gosh, you're right. Most vice presidents are not standing up there every single week getting feedback from the CEO. Yep. And that's, I mean, just a highlight for anyone listening. Hey, Kara, what happened? She's going to tell me what happened. Great. Is there any other way for that to occur to you? It's, this is, this is, this is the work for the rest of our lives. When anything happens to us, Mm -hmm. is there any other way that it could occur to us that might be resourceful to getting to the vision? And, uh, what's fun about that with Kara is she didn't need hard pushes. She needed like, it was very little. It was so much fun for me because it's almost just like tapping it just tap her with the finger and she's off and running again. And she's, it's just, I I couldn't have had more fun in those moments, especially. Which it's the, it's the fierce advocacy piece. Like Kara, as it's occurring to me, you knew, you knew that John was for you. Uh, that he, that he wanted, how did, how did you know when I say that, what do you, what, how does that occur to you? What do you, what does that mean? Well, he told me at the very beginning that if I'm ever on the cover of like a magazine, he wants his elbow to be, you know, in the picture <laughs> as one of my advocates or one of my supporters. And, and I, just- didn't, I didn't say I didn't say just on the magazine. I, I said on the time, one top 100 most influential people in oh, the world. Right. When that's Kara, right. when Kara is on that list, I would like my elbow <laughs> <laughs> to be sneaking in the side that. Well, and I love that visual because that just shows, you know, he's, he's behind me and, and recognizes that I have the potential that I know I have. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to let, um, I guess I'm not going to let my organization tell me otherwise. Yeah. Or, or your feelings coming out, right? right. Like that, that there isn't anything external that is going to tell you otherwise. That's right. Um, cause he, it's, it's a beautiful thing in the coaching. Like we, that vision, we get to call people forward into that biggest. Mm-hmm. And John's one of the, he's so, so, so good at doing that with the people who yeah. he coaches. And I make up that you were probably really fun to do that for. Um, well, but likewise, I'm a huge advocate of this process yes. because, you know, whenever I, I talk to people about, you know, their current struggles or even, even friends or peers of mine, you know, I'll say, have you thought about a coach? And and I think about it as like career therapy. We all need it for our own mental health, but it also gives us that extra push just by always having that supporter behind you. Yeah. I just think it's a, I think it's like, I often think about like, what is worthy of our lives? Like if, if we're given this life, like what's a, what's a worthy way to spend it? And it's why I love what I do so much is I get to partner with Kara and we get to truly come and sit at the table and go, Hey, Kara, what would be worthy of life? And, and often what's Mm. the answers to that are things that we've never done before. And I have no idea if she can do it. I have no idea if I can help her get there, but it, it's, it's so, um, to me, that's inspiring 
to go try to answer questions that no one's ever answered before that maybe Kara hasn't answered before in her life. Uh, and then something will happen, right? And, and then we get to choose what we do next. Yeah. So, Kara, what is that like when you set a vision that is bigger than what you could ever imagine and you have no idea how to get it? And like, you know, the three-year vision is like, great, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I have no idea how that's going to happen. Uh, what is that like for you? Well, I was pessimistic at first that I would ever be able to achieve that. But as we worked through these kind of coaching contract commitments and as I started to close them out and log them into my archive, I recognized that anything is possible. Yes. And, um, you know, this just wasn't a a professional journey. It was much, it was also a very personal journey because, um, you know, like we had discussed before, I have three girls. And I want to make sure that, you know, I'm a great mom and I want to make sure I'm a great partner. Yes. And that's really tough when you have a big job and a demanding, a demanding job and travel and all of that kind of stuff. So it was equally important to me that I was getting some personal fulfillment out of this process. And what's interesting, uh, like there's trigger words whenever I hear, whether it's a client or really just anybody, but that word tough Often when Kara says something is tough or hard or difficult from just working with her, often it's, Kara, we've Mm -hmm. never done it before. (laughs) What you're describing to me is something that we have no idea how to do. We've never done it before. It might be tough or it might just be something we've never done before. And then if it's something we've never done before, could it be enjoyable to go take a first swing? Could we try? Like, what might we discover? And even then it adds back to like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if it's going to be tough, John. Like, but I'm up for trying, or I'm up for I'm up for taking action on it. So, that is a good one. Yeah, one of the best examples of that through our process was um, at the beginning of quarantine. I was yeah. super overwhelmed with how I was going to like manage the girls yes. in the house and work and all of that kind of stuff from home. And John said, "Did you ever ask your girls what they need from you?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> Why would I do so, something so simple, right? And I said, well, I guess I will, you know, and I put it in my sauna and I committed to doing it. And then shortly thereafter, I called each one of them in individually and they kind of just sat here on the other side of my desk. And I said, you know, what do you need from me? I'm thinking they're going to need me to like yes. do yes. geometry every night or like cook these big, awesome meals. And I'm thinking really big. And each one of their answers made me realize, oh my gosh, this is not as yes. tough as I'm making it seem. Um, I, I wrote into my Asana word for word so that John could read what they needed of me. And it was like cuddle time in the evenings. You know, they wanted me to be at their swim meets. They, I mean, just like simple little yes. things that were so doable. And after I, um, after I like logged that, I thought, okay, this, this doesn't need to be a major stressor for me. I can get through this not even small and not even doable, but the things her daughters mm-hmm. wrote almost matched her vision for being a mom. Yeah, for sure. And almost matched her vision for her family. And because she chose to be curious, she, she gathered the data and she learned what it is. And there's a really, this is a concept that I have thought a lot about and I think it's only going mm-hmm. to grow stronger but treating other human beings as if they are strong. Yes. Treating other people, whether it's, I, I treat my coaching clients like they're the strongest people in the world until they tell me otherwise. Um, and I think 
as, as leaders and managers, when we treat others as strong, then it allows us to open up questions like, hey, what might you need? Rather than solving all that for them, no, hey, I believe that you're strong. So how could I help? Yeah. Or do you have any requests? I mean, mm-hmm. Kara, I've really watched you over three years go from taking care of those around you, whether it's at home or whether it's in the office. I specifically think of your direct reports or your teams going from taking care of to fiercely and powerfully advocating for them as their strongest human beings and then inviting and asking and the requests that I've seen your team make of you and even what what they've grown into. I'd love to hear more about that because to me, that was one of the big management gaps that we got to focus on. Yeah, it was a huge management gap. At the beginning, I think I was mothering all 54 of my people. Right. As well as the kids. It is. That's not, that's not going to take, Hey, Kara, that's not going to take any time or energy out of your life at all. It was exhausting. And ever, you know, and I, I made them reliant on me just through Mm -hmm. my own actions. Um, and so as we worked through that management gap, I, I slowly realized, um, all of them are very capable Yes, and, and they have their own, you know, objectives that they're trying to meet. So let them go and then ask what they need of me. And it, it really was a significant change. Once we got through that huge hurdle, yes. I was available to achieve much bigger goals because I wasn't coddling everyone on my team. I would say, I would say on, only through that. Yeah. I would say had Kara not made that change and it was a tangible change that we could measure and track, I don't think, Kara, I don't think it's possible. Yeah, I agree. That, that was – and, and – Amanda, I'm rolling at this point, but just it's it's triggering so many things. Um, when when a leader, when any leader realizes that they might be taking care of, caretaking, mothering, um, there's a reason we do that. There's a reason leaders to do that because yeah. <laughs> we then we get what we want. We guarantee results. Um, and so, Kara, I mean, it, it led me to go. We get to avoid giving feedback. When we mother, when we take care of, we, we're solving problems so that we might not have to have feedback conversations. Well, and that, that one probably took the most time, you know, to work through. And then, and then once we got there, it was just the, you know, it opened a huge door for me to walk through. Um, and it's it seems to be really common with leaders who then have a lot of people uh, who are reporting to them. That can be a very um, like a system that that comes in into play. Uh, how did how did people as you're getting so you're getting coached, and then mm-hmm. now you're coming in and shifting up the system because yeah. you aren't caretaking and mothering the way that you you used to. How then did that go with with your people and how did that shift go? I had to be that vulnerable with them. I I really remember this conversation. I pulled my direct reports into a conference room and I admitted to them that I was being way too mothering. I was micromanaging. I needed to pull myself away and I needed to make sure that they recognize um, what what I expected of them. Um, And then that's when we got into all of the... um, you know, agreements and expectations and all of these types of discussions where I recognized, wait a minute, I never created an agreement for that particular process. I had an expectation yes. that that person was going to do it, but they never agreed. Yes. Um, so that really changed our language in the office. That was, yes. I'm, I'm, now I'm remembering things too, John. I feel like um, 
we, as I started to change my vocabulary, yes. so too did theirs start to change. And I even used the five questions for a while with them. They weren't as excited to answer those questions as I was. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of filtered away really quickly. But, um, but just gaining, <clears throat> gaining agreement um, mm-hmm. for all of us to work as a department and, and create, you know, some, some success together was really important. And not for me to just think it was happening. Um, I, how else did you see your leadership shift as a result of the coaching? Um, I've always been kind of a softer side leader, especially in a traditional Japanese cultured organization. So I have, um, I have a great team of advocates underneath me that want to work for me. So one thing that I realized that I needed to do was I needed to coach, um, people in a similar fashion that John was coaching me in order to get the most out of them. And we went through some really tough problems over the course of like pre-COVID and then into COVID. Yes. And and problems that, again, we never encountered before. So like John's language to me about, you know, well, we've never done this. So let's create some commitments to get there. That way of leading my teams really helped us have at least a smooth as possible transition into this kind of new way of working. Yes. Um, so that was a big benefit um, for me because, again, it, it is a lot of people to make sure we're all moving in one direction, especially when we're not seeing each other every single day. No. And I think a lot of the companies that we've been coaching during, especially when everything began to happen in March of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, being on the other side, the people who had coaches in their life, it, there was this resiliency, I think that came for them as leaders and with their team yes. that if they wouldn't have had that, that space, they might not have, have had that, that resiliency moving forward in a time of such uncertainty and crisis and all of that. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was really beneficial for me. What would you, what would you want to say to people who are considering hiring a coach? Um, first thing I would say is don't be afraid of the cost. (laughs) And I say this very honestly, because I think uh, an initial reaction that I get when I talk about John and, and everything that we've been able to achieve is people are afraid that, well, isn't coaching expensive Mm. to me? This is so valuable. I even look at it in terms of my company's investment mm-hmm. in, in coaching. And, and we've had a lot of tough conversations internally. Can we or can we not afford it? I don't think it should be an option. To me, everyone, every leader needs a coach to help guide them mm-hmm. to become the best leader that they can be. And um, I think, it, you know, sometimes the cost scares people away. But I guess more than, than that, um, what I would say to people is um, – if you can be really open-minded and introspective, you won't believe what you can actually accomplish yeah. um, through this coaching process. And, um, you know, I could say many, many good things about Novus. I, I think your process is, um, it's exactly what I needed in order to achieve my vision. And um, again, from the beginning of this process, I never thought I would get there. And it's becoming a reality, a very clear reality. 
Um, what advice would you give to somebody who already is working with a coach, but who wants to continue to up-level how they're working with their coach? You have to use the tools. You really do. You have to commit to making sure that you're visualizing your commitments, that you're creating sprint um, coaching contracts, that you're that you're really working to make the coaching opportunity to have the best results as possible. Because to me, if you half-ass any of this, it's not going to be worth your while, right? You, you have to put in the time and commitment and be really purposeful about it. But what I find is when you are really purposeful about it, it feels daunting. It feels like it's a lot of time and energy. But what you get out of it on the back end is yes. you save so much time and energy. It is another version of the cost, right? Like there's the yes. financial cost and then there is the time and energy cost, but there's an ROI to that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I might add. Yeah, we've tried to visualize that. Yeah, yeah, and I might add to one of the, like anybody working with a coach, um, one of the things I think, I don't take it for granted that Kara and I have worked together for three years and, and, and Kara, I hope you and I work together for the rest of our lives. I don't take that for granted and it might not be for everybody but Kara and I are ruthless in sharing back and forth what's working and what's not working. Kara, yeah. um, I, I would say that's something that that yeah. now is joy when, when Kara says, hey, John, I, this, this isn't effective or this is effective or here's what I really need. Um, mm-hmm. I think both her, her and I have set aside the ego portions and that's why we, <laughs> coaching is really a joyful experience for us, even yeah. in the most uncomfortable of, of missions and visions Um, I think we've done a really good job of that. And Kara, finally, I would love to hear what you are up to now. What is this new vision that you are so excited about? Well, I'm super excited about the fact that it's a a 180 culture shift. Um, So I'm joining an organization that created a role for me. Okay. Um, At the beginning of the, the conversations, um, they said, you know, we have a full bus of amazing leaders and yet we want to add a seat for you. Hey. And then I had 14 um, interviews across the entire leadership team. And what I found is that uh, opposite of this misalignment that I'm experiencing in my current role, every one of these 14 leaders aligned with the way that I want to lead and the values that I have. And I could see myself being a part of this leadership team. And it was super exciting for me to see the diversity of thought, the, the um, recognition of how these people wanted to live their life. I mean, even the CEO said to me, we're so excited for you to join our team. Um, your, your role is going to be really impactful. But, but what I want you to recognize most is that your family and your health is more important than anything mm. um, that we are doing at this company. And just by that recognition, it's a complete change of pace than what I'm used to today. So I'm really excited for the shift. I know it's going to be great for me, but I have a, a million other passion projects on the side I'm going to be involved in. And hey. I'm super excited. Um, John, yeah? Were you going to say no, something? No, I was just going to say, like, when Kara said that last part, I was like, oh, we didn't, we didn't really talk about any uh, while Kara was leading her teams and, and leading pretty large divisions she did have so many passion projects that were a part of it and who she wanted to be. And those were very much a part of her three-year vision. So maybe Kara, a year from now, when we do round two of this interview with you, uh, like, where is she now? 
because uh, I truly, I truly believe that Kara's just getting started, which is so much fun to say um, as yeah. she opens this new book. Just getting started. Can't wait for my elbow to sneak into the, <laughs> the, the top most influential people in the world. Tan it up. <laughs> uh, yep, that is. Uh, it's just. It's. It's such a. It's been such a, a fantastic experience, and I'm looking Thanks, forward to John. many years into the future. Me too. I really am. Uh, Kara, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I, I'm inspired by your story of just as even everybody was ending, um, that like you really can have, have what you want. You can design what it is that you want and get clearer on it and actually create that for yourself. Like even as you start talking about the passion projects and, the professional role that you're entering into and your family and the life design there Mm -hmm. getting to be the mom you want to be and like all like you you're doing all the things um and not having to with a coach with yes (laughs) with a coach coach. (laughs) I'll I'll just add this my challenge my challenge or challenge or invitation is find something impossible Take the time after this podcast, find something impossible, write it down, career, relationship, and then call call up somebody at Novus Global, email us. I would love to have a conversation. And I know so many of the coaches there, we find so much meaning in helping people do this. Will it work? I have no idea. That's, That's part of the fun thing. But I hope you use today. And Amanda, you said it. It's It's evidence. It's evidence of somebody who's willing to go in, who's willing to try and uh, and is still going. I mean, Kara's going to do this for the rest of her life, no doubt. So, yeah, for sure. And I I really really appreciate the opportunity. I mean, this this I never thought that I would be able to achieve what I've achieved so far. So I'm yeah. super excited for the future. Um, love that. Well, thank you so much for for sharing today, John. Thank you to you um, and everyone. This is the conclusion of the latest episode of Your Finest Hour. Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like us, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out. If you want to explore hiring a Novus Global Coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and remember, Dare to go beyond high performance.